Thank you once again for listening to Subspace Journey. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. And today we are going to talk about D&D or Dungeons and Dragons. I know that uh, we've touted this podcast as a more of a video gaming podcast, but I do want to kind of bring in other things that we do that are gaming related or video game related or just gaming in general related just to, you know, kind of mix it up a little so that, you know, we don't get uh, too bored with one singular topic. So what I want to do first is I want to just get into the introductions of Dungeons and Dragons uh, or, or the Devil's Game, as my great grandmother used to call it. <laughs> uh, so, Ashley, how did you get introduced into D&D? Um, I had heard about it like forever because um, a lot of the video games and stuff like that that I like are fantasy based and D&D has been around for practically ever and I always wanted to play it and would always bring it up to my friends and they're like yeah I want to play it too but nobody ever set in any plans in the stone um, but then my best friend her husband actually has a lot of experience playing it. So I was talking to him about it and he was like, yeah, let's start a campaign. Let's start playing. And um, he is the only one um, in the campaign that actually has any clue what he's doing. He's the only one with any experience. But um, we ended up getting a group together and obviously forced him to be the dungeon master because he's the only one with any experience. And um, so from there, he kind of had to uh, hold my hand, baby steps through it, because I had no idea what I was doing. But uh, we used the website um, Roll20, and um, he kind of walked me through it and helped me set up my character so that we could start playing. Cool. I'm sure you have a much more interesting... <laughs> I slid into it very gently. I'm sure you have a more interesting story on how you got into it. Not not really. Um, so to just to give you a little bit of background, as someone being a child from the 80s, um, I was introduced to D&D way back in, I would say, elementary school, like fifth grade. And probably around that time, it might have been... I'm thinking like second edition because back then they had two different versions of D&D. They had the basic rules and then they had the AD&D, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons rules. Mm -hmm. So I saw a couple of kids play it. And of course, me being a nerdy outcast, I couldn't get into their nerdy game because I was apparently too dorky for D&D at that time, which... Take that as you will. <laughs> You're not nerdy enough to be a deity. <laughs> so I, you know, I, unfortunately I was turned off by D&G just because I'm like, I really want to just be a part of this. And there was, I don't know if I want to use the word gatekeeping, but it was just more of just, non-exclusion it was just like we really don't want you 
as part of this for no other reason other than you are who you are, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I'm, I'm not going, I, that will be part of a separate podcast where I go over my childhood trauma, (laughs) uh, which, which is a 1000 part series. Uh, But after that, I'm like, okay, I'm interested in this. Let me, so I, I spoke to my dad and we went to a comic book shop, uh, Mile High Comics, may it rest in peace. Well, I think it's still around, but not the one I went to. And we bought the core set of d and I ended up getting the, might've been the second, second edition of both the advance and the basic and the advance. And I just kind of went from there, although I, I had the sets, but I didn't have anyone to play with. And it wasn't until like two years ago that I finally found a group that's like, I want to run a game. And people are like, cool. We like you as a person. You don't have to worry about us being flaky. Let's, let's play a game. So that's where we are. And I've been playing a D&D campaign for a couple of years now. Uh, so that's kind of my history, although I did watch the Saturday morning cartoon back in the day, I will also want to add. I don't even think I knew that there was a cartoon. Well, I think I knew about it, but didn't actually think that it like was that related to the game. It's it's kind of related. Well, okay, so it was right around the time that D and D was like super, I wouldn't say it, it was popular, but it was also around the time of satanic panic, mm-hmm. uh, parents being really, really concerned about backward masking on records. And there was a high profile death that happened from some kid that played D and D too much and like wandered into a boiler room somewhere in his like college. And they blamed it on D and D and they actually made a movie of that whole thing called mazes and monsters. And it stars a very, very, very young Tom Hanks. I haven't seen the movie, but I actually, um, I'm pretty sure I know what case that you're talking about just because um, true crime obsession, <laughs> but like the, the spoiler, the boiler room, definitely like I, I remember and then like, it's, it's always something they gotta, they gotta blame horrible events on something other than what they generally are. If it wasn't D&D, it was probably Marilyn Manson <laughs> or, or, or video games, which yeah. <laughs> So I want to, so now have, is D&D the only RPG that you've ever played? Um, as far as like something considered tabletop, I would say yes. Um, I did at one point play something very similar, but it was basically D&D without the trademark. <laughs> <laughs> it was essentially the same exact thing. And um, there's uh, the Baldur's Gate games. Um, which are actual video games that remind me a lot of D&D. Like you earn situations and you really do have to roll a die and um, your outcomes based on how high or low that you roll 
um but yeah like as far as like tabletop and stuff like that um it's pretty much the only one i've ever played yeah and Baldur's gate is part of the dungeons and dragons setting it's -hmm. just set in what's called forgotten realms Mm -hmm. but uh the only other rpg that i have or rpgs i've got some familiarity with is i I played gurps which stands for generic universal role-playing system and it's basically here's you know here's the mechanics and then you can have any type of genre on top of it uh so that was that was the the premise of gurps uh and we i played that for a little bit and then uh my uh in-laws uh, my 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 uh, wife's in-laws are very very nerdy and they were playing they were playing a rpg series called traveler and traveler i is like a sci-fi going from planet to planet type of deal but it's the mm-hmm. only RPG series, at least that I know of, where you can actually die from character creation. So your character can die just from being created? Yes. That, um, <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> that, no, that, that's brutal right there. That's, that's like Dark Souls level <laughs> of yeah, character and creation. Yeah, like- all I can think of is how uh, my dungeon master would immediately just like none of us would get past character creation. <laughs> he, he would definitely kill us off like immediately. Like we would take too long, and he'd be like, "Nope, that's it." <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've kind of gotten into some of our history, and you know, I've been playing D anD D so long that back in the day the dice that came with Dungeons and Dragons were not like the quality dice that we have nowadays. They were like extruded plastic and they weren't like, they resembled platonic solids, but not quite. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't see the numbers on them. So you had to get like a crayon and use the wax from the can to color in the numbers so you could see them. Yeah, they definitely have. They have like crystals ones and stuff now like it's crazy like and i play online um on that website and like i'll still see some and i'm like those are so pretty i need them and i'm listening they're like for what like what, are the, what am i going to use those for buy the dice ashley they're calling to you i of know course- there's like a sparkly pink pair that i really want <laughs> oh yeah i i'm i'm i am the dice goblin between my wife and i so when she married me, she ended up getting like a ton of dice along with the deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have drawers and drawers of dice. So <laughs> if you need dice, I could probably send you several. <laughs> <laughs> like I would love to be that person at a party um, that like somebody is playing some game that's not Dungeons and Dragons related at all. And suddenly they need dice and I just whip some out and I'm like, here you go. Just carry them with me at all times. But this only Um, needs... Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you, um, before I forget, because I'm really bad about that. um, 
I know we haven't really gotten into our characters yet, but I have to ask, do you feel like the character you play as in D&D is anything like your real life persona? Hmm. I would have to say no. There is, and, and we'll, we can go more into this when we talk about our characters, or at least the characters that we're playing. Um, there are aspects of the character that come from me, and there's aspects that I grokked from other people. Mm-hmm. And there's things that I wanted to do with the character that wasn't me. Uh, because uh, role-playing is me, I think, or role-playing as basically just yourself, or at least to me, is boring. Or at least for me, it's boring. Because I'm like, I'm playing a role-playing game. Why would I, I want to get away from being me because real me has to deal with, you know, bills and, you know, stuff that you, you know, all these recessive genes that make me more susceptible to heart issues. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to role play that. Yeah. It's like, like why, if you're given the opportunity to basically be whoever you want to be with like no real gimmicks behind it, why would you choose to be yourself? (laughs) Like if you were like, at least choose to be the best version of yourself. Um, I've always thought it was more interesting to play as a character that's completely unlike me. Like even when I'm playing regular video games, um, like I, I usually, if I really enjoy a game, I'm going to end up playing it more than once. And one time I always play as how the character is, like how I feel like the character themselves, if they were real, how they would play and yeah. then the next time around is just like the complete opposite of who I am as a person. Yeah. So that's a good segue to go into our characters. So uh, do you want to go first or do you want uh, me to go first or how do you want to do this? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. So I have a character. This is, so I'm running, I'll be running two different campaigns we're almost i think we're about 80 percent through the campaign with this character and i've got a different character which i'll talk about here in a little bit so the character that i'm playing is a rogue she's a dark elf rogue uh and her name is may m-e-i and she has a father who is a sailor out of Waterdeep, and her mother lives at home in Waterdeep, and she has a brother, but her brother's been missing for a while. And where we're at in the story is uh, he uh, be- he became involved with the cult of the dragon uh, as part of the campaign. I don't want to go too much into the campaign because I don't want to spoil it for those listening that may be running into the same campaign. Um which I believe is uh, Tyranny of Dragons is the is the campaign we're running right now. Uh, but she, so me as just like a normal, me as a person, I'm very, in real life, I'm very practical. 
I'm I don't tend to take a lot of I mean I'll I'll take chances every once in a while but I don't take chances without really weighing down you know what the costs are it's like okay this is something I need to do but what are what are the realistic scenarios that can happen if I do x you know I I'm, I'm very kind of I have a lot of forethought uh, where I, I don't, I don't like making spur of the moment decisions. I do kind of want to take my time and go, okay, what, what's the implications of what I'm going to do? And also more of just not only just being practical, but just finding ways to apply, you know, some of these practical things that I've learned. And that's just some of the, you know, broad strokes that I am as a person, but may Mm -hmm. is she's more no nonsense. I mean, me, because I'm a Taurus, I'll put up with nonsense because it's just like, yeah, whatever. And I have a really, really slow burn. So it takes a lot to really, you know, get under my skin and really get me upset. But when I do get upset, then, then there's hell to pay. But mm-hmm. May, on the other hand, is very, she's very quick to anger and she'll let you know. And she is definitely not as patient as I am. And she mm-hmm. will let you know of her impatience right away as opposed to, you know, just kind of dealing, dealing with it and kind of just letting it seethe underneath. Cause I tend to do that in real life. I just let it kind of, you know, I try not to let it get to me, but mm-hmm. she's very much like, okay, this annoys me. You're going to, and this is why. And she is very much she she grew into this world as already being done with it if that makes sense she's like okay i'm already done with 99% of the nonsense that's in the world <laughs> and 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 she's ready to just you know she's going to be kicking butt and is not going to be ap- apologetic about it but yeah. at the, at the same time she's caring in a sense that she's caring to a point where I tend, I, I, me in real life, I'm like, as my wife will call me, she, I'm, I'm her big old softy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but May is very much a, yeah, I love you, but there are things that you could probably work on that type of thing. A little bit more hardened. Yeah. She's more hardened. Uh and that is kind of where May comes from. She is, I think she's the amalgamation of the women that I grew up with when I was younger. Uh, for mm-hmm. those in the audience, I grew up with four generations of women in the house. So it was my sister, my mother, my grandmother, and my great grandmother. So I relate more toward women than I do men. Uh, but I also had a lot of strong women. So, you know, that I, that I grew up with. So any, 
So one, I'll always, 90% of the time I'm going to play as a woman in any mm-hmm. game that I play. I'm always going to play as a woman uh, because I just, I just relate to them more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find an easier time just talking to women for some reason. I, I can't talk to men like, like I do with women, but that's just simply because I don't know. I don't have the same interests if that makes sense yeah uh but any woman that i'm gonna role play is going to have a lot of the attributes that the women i grew up with have and Mm -hmm. because my because my mom grew up in jamaica and my grandmother grew up in jamaica and they have that mentality and there's a little bit of a toughness there and, you know, no nonsense type of thing. That's, I think, where a lot of that, where a lot of mate comes from is just the influence from my mom and my grandmother. The, the, the caring, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's going to be that tough love there. Mm-hmm. And the no nonsense type of thing. So she's more complex than... I think she's a lot more complex than I play her Mm -hmm. and it's a matter of just getting more comfortable and playing her in that way. And I'm starting to get to the point now I'm at the point in the storyline where I got reunited with my brother and that's going to play out. So it'll give me a chance to really be the older sister and start ribbing on my younger brother and going, well, why did you do these dumb things? You know, I really, I, you know, I love you, but I kind of need answers. So that's I love where, you, but I'm going to judge you for it. Exactly. So that's where May comes from. I'm kind of interested in hearing about your character. Uh, and may, maybe by the end of this podcast, we'll have a name for her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. Cause I sort of like, for lack of a better term, wrote it into the story as to why she doesn't have a name. But um, it's kind of the opposite for me because I feel like I'm not the social butterfly type. And um, I can be, like, if I find, like, common interests with people and I can discuss those interests, but, like, I don't actively seek out um, social interaction 90% of the time and can be a little shy but um most of the time when i'm dealing with human beings um it's very no nonsense um because i think most people are annoying (laughs) (laughs) and um and i have to like mask season's been great because i don't have to have the constant reminder of fix your face fix your face fix your face (laughs) because um my facial expressions, if I'm not telling someone how I feel, my facial expressions usually are. But um, there are times when I wish that I wasn't like that. And I had like the more like social grace and could just like go into a bar and be friends with everyone and be comfortable and find interests in common with every single person there. Um, I'm not. So I think that uh, the bard that I play as is really is really fun because um she's kind of a stereotypical bard in the sense of like high charisma and she's good at schmoozing um 
based on how much of a jerk my DM wants to be that day. <laughs> but um, she's very like social and loves people. And um, that's how we started out our campaign and how everyone met. Um, because our DM was very adamant about like, well, how do you guys know each other? Like, we don't just jump into the story. Like, there needs to be a backstory. How do you guys know each other? And so me playing as a bard, I was like, oh, well, she's obviously performing at this tavern. That's what would make sense. And then these other people are coming in to drink at said tavern. And her being the social butterfly that she is managed to meet all these people and befriend them. And um, I wish that I was like that other than like, hearing somebody talk about something and immediately finding it grating <laughs> I'm wanting to go back home and not be social um so she's the opposite of me in a lot of ways um I wish I could just have the whole like ta-da where I turn it on and can be like a performer because that's what border that's what bards are they're performers at the end of the day and even if like they're social interactions aren't necessarily sincere most people wouldn't realize that because they're performing um so yeah i think she's really fun to play as and i have a tendency to overthink and she's not like that at all um like if rdm's getting annoyed and he's just like okay what are you guys gonna do what are you guys gonna do just i'll impulsively say something because that's the kind of person that she would be she wouldn't think about it and overthink and she'd be like well you know what if it's just stupid we'll deal with the consequences of it when it happens but we're gonna go for it um so like i know one time we were fighting a mage and we literally didn't know what to do and we were sitting there trying to discuss what we're gonna do and he's like is this end game like is the mage hearing you guys discuss this or are you discussing it amongst each other and I was like, you know what? She's just going to start singing a song to him and see how that goes. He was not impressed and it did not go well. <laughs> but it distracted him long enough for someone else to attack him. That's So that, that's kind of her thing is just putting herself out there and nothing serious. Like, she doesn't take anything seriously because she's like, life's short. I'm going to spend this entire time goofing off and drinking and performing at taverns and trying to seduce everyone I meet just to see if I get anything out of it. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, a, a couple podcasts ago, we, we did have a discussion about that. <laughs> yeah, um, she, she, maybe I should have worded it more along the lines of she thinks she's a social butterfly um because i wouldn't necessarily say she is now that i think about how often it backfires on her and and we did and i i've been giving you a little bit of a hard time because i know that you don't actually have a name for your bard yeah um (laughs) i like like i said i went into this having no idea what i was doing and just kind of rolled with it for um no pun intended but um like so she doesn't have she has a stage name but um i'm in the process of creating a mysterious backstory and past for her and that's why she has a stage name 
and no one knows her real name. But in all reality, I just didn't put much thought into it. And so she doesn't have a name. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a name for your character. Yeah, and I think one part of it was like, I was like, oh, everybody came up with these really cool names for their characters. And it's like, if I was writing a story, I'd be able to come up with 43 different names. But on the spot like that, I panicked. And I was like, none of these are good enough for her. Huh. Well, that's cool. And now I'm, you're still in this campaign, this irregular campaign every whenever it falls <laughs> but yeah um we're currently playing um in a uh like seaside town called salt marsh okay um and we all met because i was performing at the tavern and the town's people were talking about a house that was supposedly haunted at the end of the town and all of our characters drunkenly decided to go investigate said haunted house. And that's how we sort of became a team. And the way that we got into a team, because it's my wife, my friend Rob, uh, our friend Tara, and my, uh, and my wife all in a party, because we were circus performers and a dragon decided to wreck our wreck our stuff and now we're adventurers so that's 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 how all that started so you guys were basically just seeking revenge at that point <laughs> some 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 something like that uh so i i do have a idea for a character name but it's it's probably pretty bad let's uh, hear it <laughs> uh magenta uh magenta spotlight Magenta Spotlight. Yes. Would that be her real name or would that be the stage name? Choose. I don't know. <laughs> Your character. Because this is an idea has, I came up with. She has a stage name, but like I feel like at this point, um, and how often things are backfiring on her, she might just need to change every name <laughs> so people don't realize it's her. Um, one of the only times she's ever been successful was when we kept rolling horribly low for everything we were doing and um, the haunted house we, we found out it was actually like a bandit hideout um, and that's where all the noise was coming from and they had stolen goods that uh, they stole from like the king or someone important and um, the guy that was supposed to be in charge of them was like giving us a reward for clearing out the bandits and then he was like so about those goods that were stolen and we had already decided that we were going to keep most of it so we were like oh this is awkward he's wanting us to hand over the stolen goods um and like we didn't really have many items or belongings at this point in the campaign so um <laughs> i was like i'm gonna haggle with him and the dm is just like you're gonna haggle with him it's it's his stuff that you should rightfully return and you're gonna haggle with him and I was like, yeah, because I feel like um, we deserve more of a reward. And so um, he was trying to get me to come up with a way in which the guy it belonged to would trust me whatsoever. So um, the only successful story for my poor board was <laughs> that she managed to convince him that she actually performed at one of his lavish parties in the past. 
and um, that he should be able to trust her because they go way back and are basically besties. And um, I actually rolled high enough to pull that off. So he was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I had a moment like I didn't really have a moment like that. But one of the, my more memorable moments was and I, I will preface this by this. The end of this this story involves a really, really weird look from my wife because my wife when we play we're usually downstairs uh in front of a camera uh for our zoom meeting and Mm -hmm. when i was done doing what i did my wife just turns to me and gives me this look as like really really and and just and and with with the ending in mind I'll, i'll tell you what had happened so this was early on in the campaign and as a rogue, it was my job to check for traps. So I was checking for traps and I had ran across. It was like there was like a stairway and at the bottom of the stairway, there was like a six foot drop and it was just spikes. Uh, and it was it was long. It was long enough that. It wasn't theoretically something that we could jump Mm -hmm. um so we had to find a way to bypass it and then we got attacked by i don't remember what we got attacked by but there was like a dozen critters that we had to attack so we went into initiative and fought the battle and after a while we had a bunch of dead creatures and a impost and a spike pit that we needed to figure we needed to figure out a way across. Uh, And uh, the DMs like DM being the dungeon master, the person that runs the game for those who aren't familiar with uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, verbiage uh, or terms, I should say the DMs like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I go to him. I, I go to the DM. It's like, how deep is that pit again? How many of these people did people did we kill? And he answered the questions. I'm like, can it would, would it be okay if I uh, just take the bodies and just kind of dump them in that spike pit and fill it up and make a bridge? <laughs> and that's when my wife turned to me and going, "What the hell?" Which is the right immediately where that was going, and I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, "This is the person I married." (laughs) That that was that was the look. Um, I like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. If that ever comes up in any of the things I'm doing in D and D, I'm gonna have to use that because it it's something that I would want to say, but just automatically assume that I would get an automatic no. But I'm trying it anyway. That's cool. By the way, on your Facebook, I did send you a YouTube link. It has the link to all the episodes of the 80s Dungeons and Dragons cartoon if you ever get a chance to watch them. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That's it's all of them just posted on YouTube. Yeah. Wow. Um <laughs> I wish that was the case for all television shows. It'd make my life a lot easier. Well, I mean, um, it depends on the show that you're wanting to watch. 
Yeah, it's true. You can find just about anything anywhere. You just got to be careful about what links you click on because sometimes it's not what you think it is. Um, yeah. But <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, um, what do you feel like your favorite perk that your rogue has is? Like yeah. something that's like exclusively like hers. Like for instance, with my bard, um, I really enjoy that like I was able to pull off that she's multilingual because of how often she's traveled the lands basically doing world tours. Um, she's picked up other languages and I use that all the time against my DM because like he'll try to put us in a situation where it's like a different species or people that are from a different region that speak another language. And I'm like, mm -mm, no, I got this. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I added to May was the fact that she likes to cook. And that's the, one of the real personal things that I added because I like to cook, but hers is a cooking out of necessity where mine, and this is going to sound super dorky. Mine is a cooking out of love because mm -hmm. I, I'll be honest here. I, if I had a choice, if I had the money, I would order out every single day because I'm lazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll freely admit it, but I have a wife and, and, and I want to, and this is going to sound, this is super, super dorky. I want to make, I want to make my wife as happy as possible. And so I taught myself how to cook. And yeah, like cooking now, as a love language. Yeah. And so I do a lot of cooking for my wife and she gets enjoyment out of it. So I started really enjoying how to cook because I'm like, ooh, this is something that I can use to make my wife really happy and make me happy. And it saves money because we're not having to spend all this money on going out. Uh, and because of that, because of my love of cooking now, uh, I brought some of that to May, but as May doesn't necessarily like to cook, she just cooks out of necessity, but she's more of a survivalist type of cooking. It's like, okay, well, she knows enough around her that if need be, she could cook a meal. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where she's at. So, but as far as anything beyond that, I really haven't gotten too much of that. Her her big thing is that it's gotten to the point now that we now have running gags with our characters. And we've had more than one encounter where May has gotten eaten by some sort of creature and when I'm and this has happened more than once that she's been eaten, uh, like multiple, multiple times. And the last time she was like, she was done. She was like, no, this, no. If there's creatures in in the battle that there's a possibility of her getting eaten, she wants no part of it. She's gonna go home. Mm -hmm. So there's there's character growth like that. I wish I could say my bard had character growth. Uh, she doesn't learn <laughs> from uh, her short bringing. She never learns from that. Um, like, 
and it, it become it became a thing where it's like I'm waiting for the moment where my DM just finally breaks and allows her to be successful in all of her endeavors. Um, and I'm very stubborn. So if he's trying to wait me out on that, um, it's not going to work. But um, like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever, I don't think anybody in our campaign has ever cooked before. Like we, we finish a mission we do what we're supposed to do. We collect the reward. And then we usually either go back to our hideout, which was the house that was supposed to be haunted. We decided to commandeer that and make it our hideout. And then we immediately decorated the place and basically just made it a party pad. So we either go back there and drink or we go back to the tavern and drink and then decide that uh, we're going to listen to more of the town gossip and find out what else we can do. Um, but like we're currently on a mission to find mermaids um <laughs> which our dm was not happy about because he like gave us this option of all these different things we could do since we wrapped up the last mission and um we all just immediately we're like all right well we have a ship now um we're gonna go look for mermaids and he's like they're not what you think they are this is not like ariel from the little mermaid they're, like they're not what you think they are <laughs> we don't care we're gonna go look for mermaids <laughs> Yeah, there's, um, we haven't had anything like that, but more of just, you know, May becoming adept at magic, you know, a rogue that casts magic, which is generally a bad combination. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I'm in a confined space and there's a bunch of spiders here. Ooh, I'm just going to carry, I'm just going to do a fire spell. Oh, wait, they catch on fire and they drop on people and they take falling damage. Oops. My bad. So what what was it specifically that made you say, all right, character I want to be rogue? What was it that like really drew you in to want to play a rogue specifically? Or is that just sort of your favorite one to play as? Actually, and this is gonna so I wanted to play a rogue because I wanted something that was going to be, and this is gonna sound a little bit trite. I wanted something a little bit more complex Mm -hmm. because if you're playing like, so if you're playing like a, I wanted something a little bit more nuanced as opposed to smashy, smashy kill things. I mean, I know that that's not how other characters play, but I wanted something that was going to be a little bit more challenging because for me, and this is how I am with work is that if it's too easy, I'm going to lose interest. Yeah. So there's got to be at least some sort of challenge there to maintain my interest. Yeah. So I need to bring it upon myself to make it more challenging. So I, can keep interest so i continue to play the game uh that's kind of why i went with a rogue that and it seems to be pretty close to the play style like how i play in video games because i'm not i don't like hitting from afar i'm very much a get up into someone's face and stab them a bunch of times that's kind of my play style 
so I'm not like. Oh yeah, I'm not a big fan of anything long distance. <laughs> like any sort of long distance, like archery, magic. Like I, I've never been that type. It's like I, I have to go in guns blazing, or I'm gonna lose interest. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of where I'm. I came from with May now. My next character they're gonna play for my next campaign is a barbarian, but. Mm-hmm. with the simple with a more simpler I guess rule set for barbarian uh, I'm going to get the complexity out of the character so I that's I want to try it in that direction and, and see how that yeah. works I don't if I were to make a new character I'm not sure like what I would play as um, because like as long as I've wanted to actually play D&D, like, prior to, like, somebody being like, okay, all right, the state, this is where we're going to play, I never really put a lot of thought into um, what kind of character I wanted to be, and um, I've talked about it a few times on this podcast, I absolutely love The Witcher, not just the video games, but the books, Um, I'm a big fan of the Netflix television show, and all the way across the board, games, books, television show, my favorite character is the bard, Yaskier. So, like, just impulsively, I was like, you know what? That's who I'm going to be. I'm going to be a bard. I'm going to play as a bard. Um, <clears throat> but I think that if I were to make another character, I think that um, regardless of who I chose to be, I would uh, make it a lot more stealth-based. Because, like, when I play video games like Skyrim, for instance, um, my character, like, combat will be super far down the list, but things like stealth will be really, really high up on the list, and then I just steal everything that's not nailed to the floor. Like, stuff I don't even need and stuff that has no resale value, just to see if I can get away with it and not get caught, I steal it. So I think that if I were to make another character, I would do something very stealth based and um, hope for the best and kind of play the opposite of how I play now. Because like I said, I like to go in guns blazing. And um, I think that I would try to play as a more cautious character. There is a girl in our campaign that plays that way. Because like me and the rest, like two other people were all like, all right, let's go investigate this. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to look for booby traps (laughs) and she's a lot more logical. And I think it would be interesting to kind of play the opposite and play like that. If I were to make another character. Hmm. Yeah. Cause um, it sounds like just from what you're saying, you, your next character will more than likely be a rogue. And I can see that. I can see that. I've actually been, um, recently trying to convince one of my friends to play it because he was just asking about it and um I was like just thinking about how great he would be as a rogue and he's like oh I don't really I really don't know if that's something I would be interested in I don't know if I'd be interested in D&D and I'm like no no no, you don't understand you'd be the perfect rogue and I need you to play as a rogue (laughs) well the nice thing is that a rogue gets a special attack called sneak attack. Mm-hmm. So, which is basically uh, when you do a sneak attack, you basically get an additional attack 
uh, based off your level. So I'm like an, a, a level 11 rogue. So if I do a sneak mm-hmm. attack, I'll do damage plus uh, 66 damage. Mm-hmm. So, which, you know, since I'm using poison daggers as well, I can bring a world of hurt very quickly to an enemy. Of course, yeah. that, that only helps if I roll well, which won't, won't get into uh, my dice anytime soon there. <laughs> My 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 They're wife <laughs> my my wife has a YouTube channel and built a dice jail so and and, and, and it has been seeing a lot of use so I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, but, I swear. Sometimes the the dice are completely against the players, hands down, no questions asked. They have it out for the players. So you discussed kind of briefly about what type of character you would play in if, if you were to do another campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I mean, just from what you've described and the your playing style, it sounds like you could probably do a rogue uh, just from, you know, you want to be all sneaky, sneaky, solid snake type of deal. Yeah. Um, I will be playing a barbarian for my next character. Uh, and she... Uh, her name is Nova, and uh, the only backstory that I've got for her so far is that um, at some point she was defeated in battle and was killed by a dragon, and she wakes up in like an inn or a cottage or something, and uh she doesn't remember anything but her hair changed color and now knows the languages celestial and infernal mm-hmm. uh and that's so she's gonna be like super cheery and wanting to get the most out of life because she's already been dead so she already knows what it's like yeah. uh which is going to be completely different than how i am normally so i'm gonna have to see how i'm going to play her uh, and I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, other than Dungeons and Dragons, was there any other role-playing game systems that you've looked at and going, yeah, I could, I might have an interest in that. Honestly, I feel like I, I haven't really come across any, but um, I feel like I'd be up to play any of them, though, because, like, I'm somebody that enjoys like storytelling and writing to begin with. And I feel like role-playing games have a lot to do with that. Like you have to kind of, for lack of a better term, write a story for the situation that you're in. And um, it's something that I really enjoy doing. So I think I'd be up to play any of them. And I think that like everyone should give role-playing games like that a try because, um, I think people would really be surprised by how much they would actually enjoy it. Cause like, I know that like D and D kind of gets like a bad rep of like being like the all time. Like, I think the only thing that gets a worse reputation is probably LARPing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that people would really be surprised by how much they would enjoy it. Even if they are the type that thinks that it's something that's like lame or too dorky for them. Yeah. Um, 
and like that's an, like an, I, I never really had the whole like oh my god that's so nerdy I'm never gonna do that but like I've seen other people be like that and like I thought I would already like it and then I was surprised by how much I actually liked it so um while I haven't come across any I think that like if any came across me um I guess I'd be willing to play them and give them a try because I think it's something that pleasantly surprises people. I I do have a role-playing game system that I think you would like. It's called, what might that be? It's called Monster of the Week. It's part of uh, Powered by the Apocalypse. So Mm -hmm. it's a role-playing game system that emulates a television series that deals with supernatural type stuff so think supernatural or buffy the vampire slayer that would be the whole yeah. system <laughs> i can definitely um pretty much guarantee you that i will absolutely love that because you said um monster of the week and i immediately went to oh like the monster of the week episodes from the show supernatural <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly what it is and it's got a pretty simple system it only uses um two dice so mm-hmm. if you roll, I think it's like a one through six. It's a, it's a failure, a one. Mm-hmm. You're not rolling a one in a paradise, Chris. Um, if you're running rolling a two through six, it's a failure. A seven through, I think it's like a seven through nine is a mixed success. And then a, like a 10 and above is a automatic win. So if you, even mm-hmm. if you fail a roll, you get to mark experience. And then as you mark experience, you can use that to gain a level in one of your attributes, but a mixed success, basically the, the keeper, which is the name of the DM in, mm-hmm. in, in the, 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 in, uh, this ser- in this, uh, games, uh, system, it'll say, oh, you can do what you want to do, but there's usually some sort of price that, that's paid. Yeah. Uh, so the DM actually doesn't, ro- the, the, the keeper doesn't roll. You roll and then they just describe what happens. Yeah. Uh, so what I'll, what I'll do is I'll, when, I, when we're done, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link of someone who's running a, that, that uh, system and see if it'd be something you're interested in. Yeah, I definitely um, had one ahead and after you brought it up, typed it in my phone because even though I immediately associated it with something, I can't remember anything to save my life. But <laughs> um, I think like, cause I was like, oh, let me go ahead and Google search monster of the week RPG. So I don't forget. Um, yeah. But like my brother, he, he's been wanting to play um, D&D for a while but I think that, like, like I could be wrong, but Monster of the Week seems a little bit more simple than D&D. And I think that he gets very overwhelmed with everything that's D&D. And, like, I, I keep calling him a rule Nazi because, like, he's like, but there's so many rules. And I was like, you can be flexible. If you're new to it, no one's going to be mad if you want to be the DM and you want to be a little bit more flexible and not follow the rules 100%. Yeah, no you, one's going to kill you over that. There's a secret society of, of DMs that we will report him to if he <laughs> makes one mistake. 
if, yeah it's it, that's what it makes me think of he's like uh, no one's gonna like crawl through your window and start gatekeeping you to your face <laughs> fine. Some, someone's knocking at the door and it's like oh uh, yeah it's wizards of the coast here we heard you were playing D wrong <laughs> like the D fbi shows up so like i think that's something that would kind of help also ease him into it um especially based on like some of the lore that it has because he's really interested in like lore um he absolutely hates how much i love the show supernatural but he's actually the one that showed me my first episode of supernatural so um (laughs) it's all his fault i'm telling you yeah he basically uh, led me into joining a cult but um (laughs) by by the way i I think he would really like that I did send you what the you resources. Saying? I did send you the resources for Monster of the Week on your Facebook. So it has links to like mm-hmm. all the character sheets and all the information that you would need to more or less run it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I think that uh the group of people that aren't a part of my uh DD campaign that I'm in um that wanted to play i think that that would be a good start for them um because i know around halloween we were actually researching um one shots because like i said it's really hard to try to convince my brother to play and so like one of my friends was like well maybe we can like convince him to do a one shot and then if he really likes the one shot then maybe um it'll convince him to like broaden his horizons with it and uh, he had actually, our friend had found um, one that was D&D related, but it was based off of uh, Camp Crystal Lake. Oh. And yeah, and like you could like play like the classes where like you could play as like a camp counselor or you can be one of the people actually attending the camp and stuff like that. And um, we were all really interested in that. And it fell through because, you know, adults never have the same schedules as their friends, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, so I think I think I'm going to bring that up to them and try to convince them to play Monster of the Week. Cool. Uh, yeah. Being an adult's overrated. I just want to just add that little part to it. Oh, yeah. It, w- it was a scam. <laughs> I spent <laughs> years wanting to grow up and the whole thing was a scam. And Yeah. And, and now it's like. You mean I have to make dinner every day for the rest of my life? Yes. Like I have to go to a job and work and then have money and then I have to pay bills instead of buy all the stuff I want to buy? Yeah, I know. It's not what I agreed to. No, it's <laughs> I not. didn't sign up for it. No. All right. Well, that is, I, I guess that is it for our Dungeons and Dragons episode um did you have anything else you wanted to add as far as your D experience um i think i want to reiterate that everyone should give it a try but other than that um i think i'm good i just think that uh everyone should at least try to play a one shot or something because especially if you're the right people it's so much fun yeah, and I, I agree. And and in addition, um, if there is interest in doing a monster of the week, uh, one shot, uh, let me know. I would be more than happy to run it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, maybe that'll also take some um, pressure off of my brother being nervous about all this because I think he would be an excellent like game runner or DM or regardless of what version, whatever you want to call it. 
um, because he's a great rider. But like, he's just stressing himself out with the rules. Just don't, don't worry about the rules. It, it'll, it'll be okay. Well, thank you very much for listening to Subspace Journey. As always, I want to thank the beautiful and talented Colleen Bement of NerdAlertNews.net. Thank you very much, Colleen, for just being an awesome human being and uh, introducing uh, us to each other. Uh, This podcast wouldn't have been uh, uh, a reality without you. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Dave Kohlberg, who created the opening and closing of uh, this podcast. Uh, we have an email address. You can email us at subspacejourney at gmail.com. Uh, you can also visit our website at anchor.fm. Uh, we do have voice messaging available. So if you want, you can uh, leave us a voice message on the anchor.fm site and if you happen to if we happen to get enough of them and we might do a Q&A episode at some point but then there's the whole promoting our podcast which we really should hire people for because we're <laughs> terrible at it uh but as anything with nerds if you've dealt with nerd type stuff enough you know that nerds are usually pretty horrible about promoting our own things yeah so anyway i am chris and i'm ashley and thank you for listening to subspace journey